Hello, Date Night fam. Tony and Bree back with you from cloudy Orange County, California. You are looking extra beautiful today, my love. Oh, my love. You are very gracious. You make it easy. Moving on. Okay. Before we jump in, we have a couple questions from her handle is journaling by Lisa. And we promised a month back to try and answer this for her. So here it is. She asked, where do we find safe and biblically dependable resources for kids and teens? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Try all the new stuff from Lithos, which is lithoskids.com. Also, Grace Books, which is the publisher for John MacArthur and Grace Community Church. They've got a ton of resources for kids, tweens, and teens. And that site is gracebooks.com. And for shows or movie nights, we did a pod on that about three months ago. Yep. Uh, shared about Plugged In, Common Sense, and other reviews sites to protect little eyes. Well, we hope that that is a little bit helpful for you, Lisa, and sorry it took so long to answer. Do you want to do the setup today? Sure. Well, today we are in part three of Summer in the Sermons, where we listened to a clip from World Changing Sermons and then spent a little time discussing them. And it was 23 years ago now that a small-framed, curly-headed, professor-looking man took center stage before 8,000 college students. It changed everything. Yes, it did. You ready for this, my love? Yes. Ethan, you're ready? Let's roll. Well, you just said it, my love. 23 years ago, last month, the year 2000, John Piper took center stage at the Passion One Day Conference and gave a sermon that would change the world. Why do you say it changed the world? (laughs) Well, I think more and more historians are pegging that day. And this sermon is kind of the beginning of what we call the Reformed Resurgence, because there was a host of young guys sitting there that day who went on to shape kind of the modern Reformed culture. Uh, And although Reformed theology had been in a brewing rebuild since the 60s because of MLJ and Banner of Truth and R.C. Sproul and J. Mack. It didn't really hit the 20-somethings uh, and wasn't really culturally impactful until Piper taught that day. And wasn't it only like the last few minutes that most people ever saw? <laughs> yeah, that's what's so funny. Most people have only seen the seven minutes we're about to hear because right after this sermon, the internet media launched. Uh, it was kind of the dot-com era. And that's when these sketchy old videos of Piper and Paul Washer and others kind of went viral before monetization and algorithms. Mm. That's why I say it triggered the reform resurgence because just kind of like the dot-com burst. It married the personalities with the global opportunities. So cool. I know. That's how God works. People in timing. All to say, we're stepping back in time today, nearly a quarter century, back to the hilly grass field at Shelby Farms in Memphis, Tennessee. There's lots of boy band, blonde highlights in the crowd, gelled up sugar ray hair, baggy jeans, Birkenstocks. Nobody really seemed interested until the curly-haired professor, as you call him, takes center stage with a tucked-in Marshalls shirt, high-fitting dockers, and little wire rims. But suddenly, within minutes, every one of the 8,000 students knows they have a choice to make about what they do with the rest of their lives. You don't have to know a lot of things in order to make a huge difference for the Lord in the world. But you do need to know a few things that are great and be willing to live for them and die for them. People that make a difference in the world are not people who have mastered a lot of things. They are people who have been mastered by a very few things that are very, very great. If you want your life to count, you don't have to have a high IQ and you don't have to have 
a high EQ. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to have good looks. You don't have to be from a good family or from a good school. You just have to know a few basic, simple, glorious, majestic, obvious, unchanging, eternal things and be gripped by them and be willing to lay down your life for them. Which is why anybody in this crowd can make a worldwide difference. Because it isn't you. It's what you're gripped with. But one of the really sad things about this moment right now is that there are hundreds of you in this crowd who do not want your life to make a difference. All you want is to be liked. Maybe finish school, get a good job, find a husband or a wife, a nice house, a nice car, long weekends, good vacations, grow old healthy, have a fun retirement, die easy, no hell. And that's all you want. You don't give a rip whether your life counts on this earth for eternity. And that's a tragedy in the making. That is a tragedy in the making. About three weeks ago, we got news at our church that Ruby Eliason and Laura Edwards were killed in Cameroon. Ruby Eliason, over 80, single all her life, a nurse poured her life out for one thing to make Jesus Christ known among the sick and the poor in the hardest and most unreached places. Laura Edwards, a medical doctor in the Twin Cities, and then in retirement, partnering up with Ruby, also pushing 80. And going from village to village in Cameroon. And the brakes give way. Over a cliff they go. And they're dead. Instantly. And I asked my people, is this a tragedy? Two women in their 80s, almost, a, a whole life devoted to one idea, Jesus Christ magnified among the poor and the sick in the hardest places. And 20 years after most of their American counterparts had begun to throw their lives away on trivialities in Florida and New Mexico, fly into eternity with a death in a moment. Is this a tragedy, I asked 
It is not a tragedy. I'll read you what a tragedy is. I've got a little article here from Reader's Digest. You don't read Reader's Digest, I know that. But there is a generation who does. This is a tragedy. Title of the article, Start Now, Retire Early. February 1998. Bob and Penny took early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect shells. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. And there are people in this country that are spending billions of dollars to get you to buy it. And I get 40 minutes to plead with you, don't buy it. With all my heart, I plead with you, don't buy that dream. The American dream. A nice house, a nice car, a nice job, a nice family, a nice retirement. Collecting shells as the last chapter before you stand before the creator of the universe to give an account with what you did. Here it is, Lord, my shell collection. Look, Lord, my shell collection. And I've got a good swing. And look at my boat. God, Look at my boat, God. Well, not for Ruby and not for Laura. Don't waste your life. Don't waste it. Oh, my. That is so good. Yeah, I have listened to that countless times, and I have illustrated with it, but it still gets me every time. Why do you think that is? Why can we listen to a message and continue to be moved? Because for Christians, he's taking a scalpel, and he's penetrating to the very core of our existence, and he's examining the heart-purposing of all that we do, like the decisions that we make, the money we spend, the cars we drive, the homes we purchase. That's exactly what Jesus did constantly putting the two realms, the the two realities and futures in front of people. You know, don't store up treasure here, Jesus said, but store up treasure there. Hmm. Uh, And that type of here then language is just heart surgery. It's a heart bullet right to the center of a believer. Yeah, that story about Ruby and Laura paints the picture so beautifully of two older ladies finishing strong, careening off the cliff to glory, exactly as the Lord intended. Sure, and that's the same sentiment that Paul had. You remember in the 50s AD, he was still writing his letters in the present when speaking in autobiography. You know, I've not obtained it yet, and I press on toward the prize of the upward call. But by the mid-60s, when he's writing, for example, 
second Timothy and he's about to die, it's all past tense. I have fought the good fight and I have finished the course. He was just living this idea of winning the race and running it all the way to the end Amen. faithfully. Amen. And what about the shells? None <laughs> let's of us just look talk at about shells the shells. The same. <laughs> Even the kids laugh now because they've heard you tell this story. Yeah. And the strength with which he lands that point, you know, in his inimitable way, you know, don't buy that dream. Mm-hmm. The world's selling that dream. A nice house, a nice car, a nice retirement. And then the last chapter of your life before you stand before the creator of the universe, you're going to say, here it is, Lord, my shell collection. Mm -hmm. I got a bigger boat. It makes me want to cry even when I recite it, because again, it's the core question every Christian has to ask. It's what we're going to ask on our deathbed. It's what we're going to be forced to answer for when we stand before our Lord. Second Corinthians 5.10 says, For all must give an account for the deeds done in the body, both good and bad. Amen. Well, I'll just say I am thankful for Pastor John Piper mm-hmm. and for that sermon and for all the lives he has touched in uh, that sermon. Me yeah. too. 23 years later, handing it off to yet another generation. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I'm not sure who needed this today. A mother surrounded by diapers, a young man pondering the ministry or mission field, or just a businessman considering a new kingdom move. But whoever he or she is, move mightily. Awaken them to the brevity of life, to the call of eternity, and motivate them now to take big chances and big faith for the glories of your Son and the good of lost souls. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Date Night fam, we are so thankful for you. Please message us anytime. And as always, a big thanks to Ethan, our producer, the blessed people of Mission Bible. And until next week, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family. Shells? <laughs>